Frank Kruger, you finally done it. You beat me to migrating. Is that true? Migrating. Migrating. Worse than migrating, James. I'm doing a bit of a rewrite. Not rewrite. Yeah, I don't even know what to call this. Port. Migrate. Rewrite. I think we're all going to be doing this decision time. <laughs> uh, ooh, ooh. It's, uh, you know what the what we're trending is? Modernization. Mm-hmm. That's really what it is. It's more like I'm erasing technical debt by catching up with the current UI framework so that I can survive the next 10 years, hopefully off of it, and not have to do this ever again. That's what I keep telling myself as I struggle to remember. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that, that sounds good. I mean, I've been, you know, talking about, you know, Xamarin and Don and Maui for a decade, and you've been building apps professionally <laughs> for over a decade, and now... A time has come where for the first time, at least that I know, you can correct me if I'm wrong, you are taking an app that exists, this app exists, and you are completely changing the entire UI stack that it is built upon. Is that correct? Uh, that is correct, James. And welcome to my world for the next couple weeks. <laughs> now, fortunately, we've been talking about this on the podcast forever, as you said, at least the last 10 years. So I have been planning it all in my head. I think I have a good plan for doing everything. I've even been making small inroads, you know, like changing the code over time to make all this a bit easier. But eventually you have to stop preparing and start doing and the .NET 6 release candidates are out. Even better, .NET 6.0.300 is officially on the website, which means it's really kind of out. And I decided enough hemming and hawing. It's time I actually start porting my apps. Now, I did. It wasn't just that. I actually had a uh, an email from a customer. Ooh. And yeah, and they're like, hey, um, <laughs> this is going to sound a little bit bad, but they wanted to buy some copies of iCircuit, but they didn't want to go through the Windows store. Mm. They just couldn't do it with their purchasing department. And they're like, hey, could you just send us some licensed copies? And I'm like, hey, I totally can't. <laughs> yeah, just send me an XE. Just, just bundle up, yeah. right click, zip, <laughs> send that to me in the mail. Put that, can you put that on yeah. a floppy disk for me? Just slap that on there. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, ah, oh, darn, you know, and nothing for nothing. Like people have been asking for an, uh, a proper update to the Windows version for a long time. But this was finally the straw that broke the camel's back. And I'm like, you know what, buddy, in two weeks, I'm going to send you an XE. Like I just kind of put like a hard time in my head. It's a bit of a fast schedule. But like I said, I've been thinking about this for a while. And this is technically the sixth platform I'm porting iCircuit to. If, if, if you're new to the show, what I'm talking about is I have an app iCircuit. I originally wrote it for iOS, ported it to Android, ported it to Windows, ported it everywhere. Um, but oddly enough, I never used Xamarin Forms. Mm. And so this is a bit of a change um, in terms of UI frameworks, but I'm doing it because... Uh, I really want to get Windows and Android updates out there, and I haven't been doing it. And so I don't think I'm going to be replacing the iOS and Mac versions just yet. But um, this, is, this is for uh, the Windows and the Androids, at least to start with, and I hope to pull more things in. So it's been a long journey, James. Yeah, let's, let's clarify this. So the so .NET 6 has been out for a while, and it didn't technically include, but 
kind of somehow yeah. in a way included both the the next version of Xamarin iOS and Android, which is I, iOS and Android for .NET running on .NET 6. It's just like, it's a thing. It's just iOS and Android for .NET. And then there is .NET MAUI, right? Which is the next version of the and an evolution of Xamarin Forms. And Xamarin Forms is not going technically to .NET 6, right? Because .NET MAUI is the next evolution of it. So there's two pieces of the puzzle coming together and a third piece, which is Mac Catalyst, which we've talked about before. So <clears throat> you have to kind of right now as of 517, although build is happening tomorrow, I guess, when this <laughs> podcast comes out. So, you know, things are happening there um, and you won't have to install the release candidate. It'll just be out. <laughs> um, but, you know, in general, right, like there's ways of yeah. getting this and trying it. I've been talking about it, doing videos on it as well. And it's really easy. I mean, you know, it just you you install some workloads. It's my new favorite process. Install workload. You get a new version. and Boom, you're good to go. And uh, yeah, so so basically there's been there's been previews. There's been RCs. And technically, when this thing is out tomorrow, then, you know, <laughs> you're going to you just you just get it. And like officially. For .NET 6, you got iOS and Android, Mac Catalyst and Mac and .NET MAUI, boom, you're building applications. So let me ask you a question here is for most, you know, existing Xamarin developers, whether it be iOS or Android or Xamarin Forms, they have options, right? The option one, if you're doing iOS or Android or Mac is you could just upgrade your CS proj to .NET 6 and be done with it, right? That should take what, like a day, an hour? 30 minutes. <laughs> have you done that yet? Yes. So I have done that. Um, I did that with continuous, my IDE. And that was a little more painful. We discussed it because I had a million dependencies. Mm -hmm. So working out those dependencies was a, a, a nightmare. And I think we're all hitting that right now. Um, you know, I, I'm to blame also. <laughs> we all have to be updating our open source libraries. And I've been a little bit slow to do that. I think like everyone else, we've been waiting for the release candidate and the proper release. And that's why we haven't done it. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I've been playing with .NET 6 native. I don't know what to call it. Platform. It's just, it's just, it's just, it's just <laughs> I, I've been playing with iOS and Android for yeah. <laughs> .NET 6. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds right. Yeah. I, and I I did dive into Maui very short term in one of the early previews. We were porting uh, Wii over to Maui, mm. but things were a little bit early and the API was really in flux. So I kind of gave up, but I hadn't written any like apps in it. You know, I didn't have a feel for like, what does an app feel like mm. in Maui? And I'd actually been somewhat resisting that because, you know, like my big fear was I would start a, a template and then all the template parameters would change and I'd have the wrong project settings forever. You know, I just <laughs> I wanted to start clean, clean, James, you know, maybe even like a fresh machine, a fresh install of Windows, fresh oh. install of Visual Studio, something like that. Oh, that sounds pretty fancy. Yeah, you're you're coming in excited invigorated so much that you want to really start from scratch <laughs> i guess so i guess so uh here, here's the thing i've been running dotnet 6 on my mac for a long time um but the whole big point of me doing this was i wanted a new version of 
well, I need to I need to update my Windows apps. Let's just mm. be clear. Okay, gotcha. Both Kalka and iCircuit. <laughs> and there's only one place you can do that, which is on Windows. Windows. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So uh, here I am, and my virtual machines aren't working. I live off of virtual machines, James, but VMware Fusion doesn't work anymore with Big Sur, Catalina, one of them, whatever they want me to pay to upgrade and all that stuff. But I happen to have a computer laying around, so I did a fresh, clean install Ooh. of Windows 10. I just, I decided, um, I I had to look up what the minimum um, requirements were for the WinUI that Maui uses on Windows. Mm-hmm. And it's Windows 10, and so I wanted to make sure I was testing my apps on a version somewhere around the minimum version. I don't need this dev machine to be the latest and greatest. That's fine. I'll, I'll have I have my Surface Go. I can keep that at the latest and greatest. I'm going to keep this as a conservative machine. And also, I wanted to switch over to Windows mostly because uh, I've I've done file new project uh, a couple times with a Maui app, but I've never actually run a Windows one. <laughs> you know, like oh, yeah. I just haven't done it i know you have right you you do it in like every demo but i hadn't <laughs> yeah and you know the nice thing about running the windows app very similar to running a mac application when you're on mac is that there's no emulator there's no simulator like you're just oh, yeah. running the app yeah and i always forget how good visual studio is they have those little like performance tools always yeah. running on the side that's pretty nice pretty yeah. nice well, it took me a while to get this puppy installed. It turns out it's like a 20 gig install of Visual Studio when you ask for .NET and all the platforms. You know, I wanted I wanted everything, iOS, Mac, Android, everything. But got all of that installed. And fortunately, there, I, I was really nervous about the versions, to be honest. Okay. But this is why I waited. Um, the preview version I got had installed .NET 6.0.300 for me, the exact version I wanted, uh, and it installed the workloads correctly, and it had templates. That's, that was the thing I wanted the most, was give me some good templates here, people, because I have no idea what I'm doing here. I want I want all the right project settings. Yeah, like that. Uh, that that's a, that's a yeah. nice feeling. And also, you know, that Visual Studio will automatically keep your, you know, versions of .NET pretty much in sync. So like if you went from a good example is if you went from, let's say, uh, you know, a preview two to a preview three, it would uninstall preview two and get preview three. Cause you're installing it with visual studio and visual studio is aware of what visual studio installs. So it's quite clever. Yeah. And I, I learned something else even funny too. I, I opened my Kelka project and it's like, we don't support .NET framework 4.5 anymore, mm-hmm. buddy. <laughs> Time to update. Time to update that pup. I did update it. Four point five point one. Ha ha! Take that, Microsoft. <laughs> you're not. You're not even going to go with a four point eight dot whatever to get the security fixes. But James, I literally don't know what's current in the .NET world. What do people have? Do they have .NET eight or four point eight? Well, okay. Know. So let me explain this to you. For people that don't know, there are specifically three versions of .NET. Okay. Mm-hmm. .NET Framework. This ships with Windows. Yes. Correct. In the box, it ships on there. This is this is the one that's been around forever. There was specific. It's been around for twenty. It's been around for twenty years. Can you believe it? Plus, (laughs) you can believe it because you can go to dot dot net, (laughs) dot dot net. It says dot net twenty years, twenty years plus of dot net development. This dot net framework. So 
It's gone through all of them. There's all those versions and iterative versions between them. This ships in the box and its security patch and it will be supported as long as Windows ships with .NET Framework, which is like forever. <laughs> like it'll just be forever, yeah. basically. So much stuff runs on .NET Framework. Now, what happened here is that version, .NET Framework, that is like closed source, right? I guess it's source open, source browsable. It's not open source, but it's it, .NET Framework is there, right? And that is only for Windows. So then the .NET team's like, you know what would be cool? What if you could run .NET everywhere? Sort of like, you know, like also mono. what's happening in the mono <laughs> world over here. Let's do all of it together. And in fact, let's be awesome and acquire Xamarin. And then the mo- it's all going to be one happy family. .NET, .NET everywhere. So the .NET team is all like, hey, let's make this thing free cross-platform and open source and can run on multiple platforms like Mac and Windows. Let's put this puppy on other platforms too. So so to get that, to, to break past the Windows part, .NET Core came across and it came along, right? And .NET Core was all like, hey, we're going to run the .NET stuff, like Windows apps, like ASP.NET Core, like, you know, command line applications. We're going to run that on this new runtime called .NET Core, which is open source, free, cross-platform. And it runs on Mac, Linux, and Windows. Whoa, that's awesome. And then what kind of happened is after the Xamarin acquisition and after like enhancements with other frameworks and different things, like you had .NET Core and then you had .NET Framework and there's still some confusion. So the team's like, let's take it one step further. And like, what if it was just .NET, right? And everything just ran on .NET, which is everything. So Xamarin run, you know, all your mobile apps run on it, your desktop apps run on it, you know, everything just runs on .NET and that's .NET 6. Well, .NET 5. .NET <laughs> 5 was the unification, right? Kind of. And then .NET 6 is like the current one that brings in the iOS and Android workloads and all that other stuff. So that is the evolution. And now the cool part now, like starting with .NET Core and now really with .NET 5, .NET itself releases on a yearly cadence. You don't have to upgrade to the latest and greatest, but there's a current release and an LTS release. So like .NET 6 was long-term support that's supported with patches for three years. A current release is 18 months. So you get a lot of time to upgrade and it's, you know, the idea is that it's easier to modernize as you're going through. Did I nail that? How did I do? Woo, made it to the end. I wasn't sure if you're going to go through every detail well, now, of the history there. <laughs> now, imagine imagine you're a new developer, right? You're yeah. brand new. You, you don't know anything ignore about .NET. Ignore all that. Ignore all that. It's just .NET. That's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I plan on throwing all of that out. Uh, my plan is, you know what I love about .NET 6? They have this amazing packaging option. I forget which one you want, but... If you give it enough options, eventually it'll spit out a single executable that has your app and all the dependencies baked into it. Yes. And that's how I plan on distributing the app. So then it doesn't matter what the person has on their machine. My app has everything it needs to run on that machine. Yes. So, there, there is specifically like uh, the runtime and then the SDK. And we install as developers SDK, which has both, which enables us to yeah, do what you just said, which is trim down the application and optimize it with that built-in super fast, lovely run, which is very small. It's very impressive. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's it's just fine, especially in this modern era, era of giant PNG files and everything. Yeah. <laughs> um, I 
do have my biggest concern was okay yes .NET runs everywhere but i am presenting a user interface and a user interface requires talking to an operating system mm. and that requires certain versions so although my .NET executable could run anywhere uh it's still talking to a windowing system and for that i needed to find out what the minimum version of windows was and for that it's like a july release in 2021 so if people have updated to that version of Windows 10, you're good to go. And as far as I know, people with Windows 10 tend to stay updated because the stupid thing nags you so much. Gosh, I've had it installed for one day and it's already nagged me a bunch. So I'm, I'm hoping most Windows 10 people have stayed up to date, but it at least puts you to July 2021-ish. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. Yep. So that is my new watermark for Windows. <laughs> if you want to use a Frank app, you need to run Windows 10 July 2021-ish. So I did it. Um, I first, first, I did a bunch of file new projects with Maui just to get a feel for the template. I wanted to know what was in it and what I could break and what I couldn't break. Um, but all those ran pretty well. I cannot believe the click the button and see the counter go up is still the default project. <laughs> is that you? Did you write it? <laughs> no, I did. You know, the, the file new project. Well, well, actually, you know, the file new project, I think was always a little complicated before, right? So you're talking about the Dunham one. It has a little button clicker. It counts up, right? Yeah. Little now robot. it's a little robot. Now, to be honest with you, I worked really close on this. I wrote many a docs, collaborated on a lot of docs. I did not, I did not write the template. Okay. I may have contributed to the template. Uh, but that being said, I, there were two things that I was really passionate about. One, I was passionate about following in the footsteps of blazer. Okay. Mm. And I, I actually wanted originally is I wanted the application to be just like blazer with tabs. And I wanted it to have like a weather and all this other stuff. Mm -hmm. um, I was like, let's make them the same. So you, when you create a blazer app, it looks the same. When you do a blazer hybrid app, it looks the same. When you do a down Maui apps, it's the same content, same code, you know, things like that. I, and there's two camps. There's the, I want to, I want, there's, th I don't know, there's three camps. There's like, I want a blank application that and it doesn't even create a window for me. It, it just, it's empty, right? That's, I mean, that's so complicated. Then it just makes it complicated to get started. But then there's the other camp, which is like, give me a full application that I can just like customize and poke around on. And then there's the middle, which is like this. It's almost like demo where, right? And mm -hmm. I kind of fall in that camp because I think the Blazor demo and the Blazor team did a great job of being able to do a template that you can easily delete everything out of. So you can make it blank if you want to within like a few seconds, I don't know, a few minutes. But it also is very demo ready, which means that you can understand the core selling points of Blazor. So, for example, every Blazor demo, file new, hello world, introduction to Blazor is amazing. It'll it'll show you like, here's the different pages. OK, what we're going to do is we're going to increase the click counter. We're going to like change the code. We're going to hot reload it. We're going to add this component over the first page. I hit save. It just shows up. Or you get like you're, you're like you're understanding the composability. With the Donna Maui template, what the team did is it's it's minimal, but still has some demo ability in it without having to do all like this MVVM and data binding stuff. So it's it's a, some labels, it's a button, and then it is a an image because it wants to show you that the cool part about the image is that that image is an SVG, 
that is mm-hmm. a pairing. So I think that's a big selling feature of .NET MAUI to long-term you know, developers that have used you know, iOS or Android or Xamarin Forms for a while. But you can immediately say, oh, there's an SVG, and now it's showing up on my app. I can use SVGs. Check, check. The second part is from a new user's perspective, you get to see interaction really quick, and you get to see things update and interact with it. And you additionally can hot reload things. So you can obviously increase the font of the label. Wow, it gets bigger. You can increase, for example, the count. Instead of doing uh, count plus plus, you do count plus equals 10. That's a demo to so C sharp hot reload, right? And then the other part that the, I really appreciate about the team is two things on this template. I'm going to go deep on this template because I think this template's important. It's important <laughs> for people. That it's there. Like I pushed hard on shell being the default. I'm a firm believer that oh, this boy. is the way for so many reasons. I've done a whole video on it on my YouTube. I think it's the way. So that I got in the pull request. I did the pull request to make shell the thing, right? Which was amazing because then the team really optimized it, fine tuned it for everything. Uh, and there's so much advantages to it. Just it's so good. But okay. I got to pause you. No, uh, I'm, okay. I'm almost at final okay. thing. Final thing. Uh huh. Okay. Then what the team did on top of that is they added a default style in a styles folder, and there's resources styles, and they themed the entire application to be responsive to light and dark mode, which I think is really really nice. Just having it work out of the box, and you can delete it all, or you can change a few colors, and your application kind of comes to life. And boom, that is the template, Frank. Okay. Rant over. We'll see if I can remember what I wanted to interject there. Um, Yeah, it was an okay template. Jeez. (laughs) I think um, it it was good for me. Um, I would say, James, I I appreciate that perspective because I'm still going to state what I was going to state before you said all of that. I do wish it had a tiny bit more structure to it, maybe Mm. more like the Blazor one simply because your brave and bold decision to start with shell leaves people like me who have never seen shell before have no clue what shell is really in the dark i have absolutely no clue how to use shell how to structure an app with it so shell was actually the absolute first thing i deleted but that's purely due to my ignorance i don't know that one i I don't know how it works i don't know how to do iphone versus desktop with it um so a, a little bit of that's on me but i think that that could be improved in the app by having an app with structure so the problem is you have shell but it's a single page app. Yeah. You don't need shell for a single page app. So Well, I, well, well I, actually, I think you do because there's many applications that have single page apps with like dashboards and then you still want the URI based navigation, you still want the dependency injection that's all. There's a whole bunch of amazing things that come with that comes, shell. That that comes on pages. Pages get all that stuff it, too. Uh no, it doesn't get URI based navigation nor does it get the automatic shell will when you navigate by url will automatically resolve your page and all of its dependencies automatically through that url (laughs) yeah and okay i agree with you though Uh but the thing is i think that it's even if you're doing that should show that (laughs) well oh i I mean well that's the other debate right how much do you put in or do you put a whole i I get you i get you but hard okay as as someone i always prefer the blank template for sure Uh but when i'm starting with a product 
I need the default template to have a little more to it. You're right. I don't want dependency injection in there. I, I even though I believe the Blazor one has a dependency injection of the weather service. It does, it. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think you could get away with that. A very simple one. Mm-hmm. Um and a a simple tab structure just to show show some navigation because like I said, I don't know shell. It, it that file made absolutely no sense to me. So I deleted it and put my own main page. Which is in there, which you can do. Now, here's the funny part is that you could just also have left it all in there and then use like the normal navigation, the normal, all the other stuff, things like that. I left it for reading up blog posts slash you watching your videos on YouTube. There you go. Once, once I've learned more about Shell, then I can make a more informed decision. But for the moment, I just don't care. Um, and, and that's okay because you can always add it back later. It's not a big deal. Um, or not. <laughs> I, or not. Yeah, it's also totally fine. Now, here's here's what I've said about it is I think to me what's important is I think it's good perspective, right? Which is like understanding what these files are, what they're for is super important. And it definitely strikes a balance. I believe that the other important part is how the thing is taught, right? Like how you read documentation, how you read um, and see videos, how you walk through tutorials. And ideally, all of those are coming together to teach you how to build a .MAUI app using Shell and showing you the advantages of it, right? Um, When you're exploring, it's going to be a little bit more complicated. Like, what is this thing, right? And I'll tell you this much, in the Xamarin Forms um, Shell templates that they had, it was almost too much. It was like a whole to-do list application with this and that. Mm -hmm. And then there was was a bunch of like uncommented code that says like you could do this or you could do this it's it's a hard balance i i do like the blazer approach though to be honest with you it it was a smart approach because they had essentially two blank pages the home page says nothing the about page says nothing and then there's a middle page that does data yeah that's perfect yeah it's essentially a a two-thirds blank app so it's, it's great for fitting into yeah anyway let's move on it's a wonderful template james thank you for shell you're a wonderful template (laughs) hey but the most important thing was that when i hit the play button it all worked okay the button button counter counted so um you know that was fun but i wanted to prove that i could so i went through all this effort i installed a clean version of windows clean version of visual studio got the template in so i did a file new project and i imported into my code base and i checked it in as you know starting point yay we all love starting points and then i wasn't really sure where to progress from there and so i decided to just break my ui down into about six constituent parts and I I do like the architecture of uh, Maui slash Xamarin Forms that you can really work on things individually, uh, work on them as single pages. Mm. So a fun trick I like to do is break the app down into sections or whatever pages. And then I just run the app as that as my main page. <laughs> and then you're not like messing around with the rest of your app when you're really trying to focus on one area. Obviously, like hot reload and things like that help but you're still going to be doing the compiling cycle and everything. Plus, it's an opportunity for me to build some confidence. So I decided to take the 
easiest part of my app. <laughs> it's the um, library browser. So it's a circuit app and you need to be able to choose circuit elements. And there's like resistors and capacitors and voltage sources. And I need a big list of those. And I figure that's a great place to start. Uh, a list view. Don't we love list views, James? Uh, I'm a big fan of list views. They have a lot of great things built in. Yeah, they're, you know, I think that most, you know, there's two types of applications that you're going to build. You're going to build an app that has a big number in the middle of the screen. That's what, <laughs> you know, 50% of the apps are. Or you are going to build an app that has a list of things in it. That's probably the, the two uh, of all apps that you could build. Those are the two options. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I just have to correct myself. I'm not actually using a list view, everyone. I'm using collection view because I'm all modern like that now. Ooh. And I was, oh, can I go on my own little rant now? Yeah, um, go for it. I was really happy to see a change in the Maui collection view versus the Xamarin Forms collection view. This is going to take a moment to explain, <laughs> and I'm, I'm going to try to say it nicely. The Xamarin Forms collection view is buggy as all heck. It's <laughs> It has one big flaw in it, in that it pretends to be thread safe. And for that people reason, people t tend to treat it as if it's thread safe. And in order to pretend to be thread safe, it has a lot of terrible hacks in it that are, have lots of race conditions in it. And it's been a source of frustration for me for a long time. It's a whole reason I haven't liked the collection view from Xamarin Forms. That said, James, I was reading the documentations on the Maui collection view, and they had, I think, the most important bullet point I've ever seen. And it says... Collection views now require their observable collections to issue their changes on the UI thread. That one simple change, that one simple requirement means that they can simplify all their code, remove all that buggy race condition stuff. Don't even try to update on a background thread. It's hard. I've been doing it for years, literally years, and I still make mistakes with it with my own code base, with my own simple data sets. So I am so happy that they have just come down hard and said, you know what? Never mind. That that multi-threaded thing was a terrible idea. <laughs> run your collection view on the UI thread and I can report it does run so much more. I wouldn't say reliably. I'm not like stress testing it or anything. I was just so happy to see that change. Yeah, that's that's a really fascinating one because it, it there needs to be some consistency in that. And specifically when you think about it, you know, you're updating the UI, which means you need to update the UI and the UI thread. And, th and that's the same with properties, right? Like if you have a, a string bound to, uh, you know, a label bound to a string and you mm -hmm. want to update that label, you need to update that thing on the UI thread. And this is forever how like WPF worked and, and all the other ones, right? You, there's a dispatcher where you could schedule a dispatcher. In fact, there's a dispatcher built in, there's, a, there's like a main thread you know, call that you can do, which is like, Hey, make sure you run this code on the main thread. So there's helpers, right. Which is nice, but yeah, it, it can, that, that, that makes a lot of sense. I remember we, we talked about that in like a lightning talk mm -hmm. episode or something like that. So I'm, well, I'm glad they, they fixed it for you, Frank. Oh yeah. It just, it restored faith. <laughs> you know, you don't want to use something that you, you, you're not trusting or anything like that. So now I'm hundred percent into collection view. It's my new favorite control. Uh, except I realized, Oh yeah, I don't, really remember how to use XAML, James. Not very good at it. 
as I worked at the team that invented it and I still stink at it. Um, but it took me a while. I got there. I did remember the classic lesson. Um, I think we've talked about it before. You, 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 you don't want a vertical stack layout. You don't want a horizontal stack layout. You want a grid. Mm-hmm. You know what? You need grid and collection view. It's all you need. Grid and collection view and life is good. Those stack things are very confusing and I don't recommend them. Grids and collections views, everyone. I was having the hardest layout time until I just switched over to grid and then it was a joy to use again. I, you know, I have this video coming out probably like tomorrow or whatever it is on my YouTube, which is this four hour, you know, getting started with with .mau. It's like a full course basically from start to finish where I do the, the workshop and talk about it. And in that video, I literally say, if you can just understand the a grid, which, which hopefully you can understand some rows and columns, you're going to be successful because, and the syntax to size things in the, in the mm-hmm. rows, there's the star, star syntax and things like that, but your application and you can go so far just with grids, the grids and scroll views and collection views. I mean, that's all I use in the first one. I mean, I do, I do use some stack, you know, layouts here and there, but, but mostly they're inside of a grid pretty much. (laughs) You know what I mean? So, yeah. If you're lining up like two things or three things, stack layout, sure. But the moment you're going beyond that, or the moment you need to control like the ratio of the sizing, the grid, the best part of the grid is it's is that funny syntax you said. You can either state a size or you can say auto in which it tries to measure it or you can say uh, star, which is just take up all the room you can. I'm sure it's I'm sure it's more detailed than that, but that's my cursory understanding of XAML and that's good enough to build basically any UI that I want. Um, I do love my auto layout from iOS, but uh, the gr- grids are great. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be in Gridland. Yeah, there's a bunch of other layouts too. Like I wish I understood flex layout more and I wish I understood, I mean, I used to use apps, not absolute. Yeah, relative layout. Yeah. I used to use relative yeah. layouts in Android because they were like the most performant and that's what Android people would tell you to use. And then I was like, this is just too complicated. I'm just going to use like the, you know, linear layout or whatever. <laughs> so Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I was happy. I think I've finally settled, at least for now, on a layout style that I'm going to be using everywhere. Grids, basically. Mm-hmm. I had another big question of what to do. So in my circuit library, I like to have a little icon of the element, mm-hmm. a little preview. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't sure how to draw it. Mm. You know, um, if anything, I had too many choices. I've, <laughs> uh, in the years of writing this app, I use my own little library called Cross Graphics, which has an interface to drawing routines. And it relies on another drawing system. So <laughs> on Apple, it would r- rely on Core Graphics. Oh, yeah. On and android it relies on android graphics uh windows i have like 12 different because there's like so many different ways to do graphics on windows uh but fortunately um a couple years ago now gosh i don't know time i created a skia version of it and i actually used that even on ios i run the skia version uh because the rendering is just way more efficient Mm. And so I'm like, you know what? I bet you, I bet you Skia works on this Maui thing. I bet you those two are compatible. So I added the Skia, oh gosh, 
skia.views.maui.controls, I believe was the new nuge that I needed to get there. Installed that puppy and it didn't work, James. Oh no. I did forget the one rule of doing crazy cross-platform stuff. Always include the crazy cross-platform nougat directly oh, in yes. your app. Yes. Yeah. I struggle for an hour because like the control would show up. I could change its background color, but the stupid thing just wouldn't render. And I'm just screaming like no compile errors, no errors anywhere. And I was really confused. Uh, it's just one of those things. So I I took a dependency directly on that controls library I mentioned. If you do that, make sure you also directly include Skia Sharp. Mm. Once I did that, everything started rendering again. So just haha fun.net dependencies kind of stuff <laughs> did you i'm curious if you looked into the 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 microsoft maui graphics library because there is a graphics a cross-platform graphics canvas for 2d drawing just built in yeah. with no dependencies which would use the underlying platform and not ski did you look into that uh, I have not yet, but more from a practicality standpoint. I haven't written an interface to that one. Ah. Like, I'm not going to rewrite all the drawing routines for my elements. You know, that's not happening. Yeah. So what I write is a wrapper around the other one. And I haven't written a wrapper for that one. So I, I will definitely look into it. But I'll say this much. Uh, Skia, when it's running on the GPU, so it's OpenGL Windows, mm. is a very fast 2d renderer high quality fast 2d renderer and that is what i love in the world so uh i i can't say anything about the library you just mentioned but let's just say skia has proven itself to me in the past and so i'm happy to keep yeah. using it uh for now yeah the one nice thing is that it's not even a library it's part of don Maui. <laughs> which is kind of cool so so it, it is fascinating because there is a lot of choice which i think is which is really interesting. I think what was cool about your example, though, even though there is something new, you're like, I have the Skia Sharp thing and I'm just going to use it. And then you did. So that's kind of yeah. cool. That's a nice, nice feeling. Well, it was scarier than that because, um, OK, so I got I got the layout working on Windows and I was like, OK, that's good. I wanted to prove to myself that I could still work on this app on my Mac. So I switched over to the Mac. And then I was like, wait a minute, if I'm on the Mac, that means I should be able to run the Mac Catalyst version of this. Mm. Loaded it up. I had to get the newest preview of the newest Visual Studio for Mac also. And I wasn't sure if they were all compatible with each other, but I got all my versions, you know, all my ducks in order. Mm -hmm. Loaded up the project, hit the play button, and James, the freaking Mac Catalyst app came up with the layout and everything and even more shocking it was in dark mode because i run my mac in dark mode Ooh. and i never i hadn't even seen my app in dark mode yet and it was automatically thanks to whatever template stuff that i haven't read about yet that i haven't looked into yet uh it adapted to the dark mode on my mac that was really satisfying to see um but then there was the bigger concern i had mac catalyst is a pretty new platform i mean it's just ios ui kit but it's technically a new platform and i wasn't sure how skia would run on it and 
uh, that's when I was having that trouble with the nougat and it wasn't rendering. And I was like, Oh no, it's a Mac catalyst thing. It's a blah, blah, blah thing. I was trying to, th- like I started, Oh no, I got to write a minimal repro now. And I was getting into that and I'm like, you know, just, just for the fun of it, I'm going to include that nougat. And then it all lit up. It all just started working and it was absolutely glorious to see. I am very excited that Finally, that promise of file new project on Windows, just open it on a Mac, hit the play button, and it pops right up, not on a device, right on the desktop. Oh, that made me so happy. That's awesome. I love that. Super good. Yeah, that's a yeah. that's a good feeling. I'm cool that all the te- see all the template stuff just lit up. <laughs> I do have to say, you're you're talking about minimal templates, but they decided to put a custom font in the template. <laughs> Is that I I think they're mostly probably just trying to show off that you can put yeah. custom fonts in. I just find it a little bit funny. I'm like, yeah, you, you didn't want to put tabs in, but you give me custom fonts. Two of them. <laughs> a little, yeah, I was a little shocked when my app loaded up on Mac and I'm like, that's not the Mac font. And I'm like, What's going on here? Oh, styles. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I think it's the other thing like the SVG, right? Did they need to put in an SVG? No. But like, does it show that you can do SVGs yeah. now? Yes. Yeah, same thing with fonts. You know, you could always do custom fonts, but they're always kind of a pain in the behind because you had to do tons of configuration. Now you just drop them in a fonts folder and you call it a good day. Yeah, and I appreciate that. Um, in fact, I want to try to get my icon converted to, you know, whatever magic that they're doing in those mm-hmm. build scripts now because, yeah, I'm, I'm way over doing icons the old-fashioned way. I'm not sure if all mine will translate that well to SVG, but I sure as, I'm sure as heck going to try. Yeah. I love it. So that's it. This is my first. I was able to successfully build one UI screen from my app. Let's call it one out of five-ish. I think probably the easiest one. But it was was a learning journey for me to remember how to do XAML again. And it was a bit of a journey doing a fresh install of a Visual Studio, which I was excited and nervous about and then it all came back and worked on the mac so i think this is this is all good stuff and i'm just gonna finish this app nice now do you have any are there any like libraries that you're waiting to upgrade or you kind of did this one because there's less dependencies besides the ski sharp one obviously i was looking around at like sync fusion libraries um i have written in property editors inspector sheets Mm. so many times james i'm a little bit tired of it and i was really i was looking around to see if any of the platform vendors had um property editors because i'm just not in the mood to write another one um but so far there haven't been any maui versions of them i think i'll just end up writing yet another one again but that was one i was definitely looking around um but i'm the the little controls you know like um uh rich edit text boxes things like that i'm still looking around uh for options there i circuit mostly just has a giant um it, it needs two-dimensional vector graphics rendering that's the majority of the app but there are widgets in places and so i'm going to be shopping around see what's available out there yeah i love it I love it. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Uh, I'm. It's nice to see a lot of libraries sort of come online. 
uh, in general. And uh, for me, I think almost all the libraries I'm using are updated. Mine are updated. I I I got my build scripts working uh, as soon as this latest RC came out because 60300 was shipped out. So all my build scripts started working again magically because .NET Maui could <laughs> install. And sure enough, I was like, I'm just going to push out packages and boom. Someone was asking me today, they're like, you know, hey, like, you know, how come you don't like, are you talking about the in-app plugin stuff? It's updated. It's the same API. Go for it. Just do it. So, <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I, I am very hopeful. I don't see any major roadblocks, so I should be knocking on wood or something right now. Uh, I think I'm benefiting from this being probably the fifth or sixth platform I've ported this to. It's already pretty well-factored code. I know how the path goes. But at the same time, uh, it's a new it's a new old platform, and I'm gonna I'm sure we're gonna be talking about it a lot as I discover new weird things with it. But, nice. Well, I'm excited. I'm excited for you, Frank. It's mm-hmm. happening. I got a collection view with custom drawing in it. Uh, the world is mine now. I don't need anything else. I love it. Well, I mean, like as things progress too, I'd be really interested to see because you know it's like this is like day one, day zero, day negative one of Don and Maui. Frank is all on board. And I love it. I mean, you know, I do, I do think for you, I, I was really thinking about this heavily and I was thinking about your journey in life as a, you know, independent app developer and how you have many apps and there are, there are quite a few that are on windows and Android still, right? You still support those, but you always have a Mac and, and, and an iOS version. And, and I was just like, it, it's gotta be tough to maintain all of those as yeah. those platforms evolve because none of those apps are you know built with cross-platform stacks yeah uh, that is a huge chunk of this um it, and i'm even hoping you know i'm probably going to keep the ios and mac apps separate just because they are their beautiful little native creations but at the same time I'm going to really look seriously into Maui embedding or something like that. Mm. So I can pull in features from it into those apps because yeah, um, I love supporting cross platform, but time wise, it's so much effort and I'm, I'm, I've, I've learned what I used to say in the past was if you love your UI, you wouldn't do a cross platform UI. But what I've really learned is do your UI cross platform and then fine tune it for the other platforms. That's a much smarter way to go. Get the big stuff done in the cross-platform world and then fine tune it for the other ones. There you go. Well, let us know how your journey to down in Maui is going. I'm excited. I'm going to be migrating all day, every day. It's kind of a nice summer to do the migration. So we'll see how it goes into the fall. Um, and uh, I think maybe next week we'll do a little build and Google I.O. recap, I think. So if we're going to tease it out there. Things are happening, Frank. It's a busy time. I am excited. Well, I don't need another beta summer yet, but I'll take a build. A build is good. <laughs> a build is good. All right, everyone. We'll catch you later. Have a great build. Uh, go to the Microsoft Build website. There's going to be a whole sorts of new .NET and .NET Maui stuff there. So you definitely want to check it out. Uh, I know about a lot of the content. You just type in .NET. There's a whole bunch of sessions. It's real good. So definitely check out that and the Windows sessions too. Uh, head over there. But that's going to do it for this week's podcast. Until next time, I'm James Montemagno. And I'm Frank Krueger. Thanks for listening. Peace.